0: Welcome to the second episode of Bullshit Free Witchcraft. We, we, we made it to a whole second episode. It's, it's an amazing adventure. And so as we continue down our little rabbit hole of strangeness, that is, well, this thing we're doing, uh, I'm your host, Trey, and what the topic for this episode is something kind of fundamental to this whole affair, and that is, how the hell does anyone become a witch? The answer, well, it's pretty simple. To become a witch, you just go and do some witchcraft. Uh, yeah. Now, there are some forms of religious witchcraft that require a bit more than that. Like, Wicca requires a new witch, does uh, about a year and a day of study. But overall, if, if you want to be a witch, just literally all you have to do is go out and do some witchcraft. That's that's the whole prerequisite. It's witchcraft isn't something you're born into, it's not predestination, nor were any of us chosen. Becoming a witch is something you work for, and anyone who is willing to put in that effort belongs. Everyone belongs. And I know this would be a really short episode if I wrapped it here, just you know, go, go perform some witchcraft, you're a witch, you're done. Um, so instead we're going to do a little bit of story time. We're going to start out with uh, how I became a witch, because I'm, I'm a specific kind of witch. I'm a solitary, eclectic Wiccan, and uh, it's got its whole story unto itself about how I got here. How Trey Became a Witch I was raised in, effectively, the absence of religion. My parents were in most ways agnostic, my father having been raised Unitarian, and my mother by atheists. And while I don't want to speak for their current religious affiliations entirely, I declared by an early age that I myself was an atheist, and by early I mean like first or second grade. Now this is important because I'm a Wiccan, which is a religious form of witchcraft, and Not all forms of witchcraft are religious, but since mine is, my faith, or lack thereof, is important to the story. I remember asking my mother about God when I was a small child. I must have heard something about it on television or in a book that was read to me, as we weren't exactly church-going folks. My mother used words like, some people believe God is blank, and some people believe God is other blank. She might have told me what she believed back then, but I can't remember. What I, what I do remember is that she never closed off possibilities for me. While she never encouraged me to believe in anything in particular, she never discouraged me from believing anything either. My open mind is largely her fault. And while I say I call myself an atheist, I don't believe I ever grew up without a spiritual connection to the world. Uh, for every year of my life, my family's gone to North Wisconsin. And, uh, we've bounced around areas either from Rhinelander or Three Lakes or St. Germain, but uh, in, in my earliest days as a child, it was a spot near uh, Rhinelander on Lake Thompson. Uh, it's a lake that's the source of some of my earliest memories. When I was around eight, I would often get up before most of my family while we were up there, having been woken up by the call of crows early in the morning. I remember getting up and walking out to the beach in the tiny resort we went to. The lake water was at its stillest, and I walked along the line where the water met the sandy shore. I didn't know what to call it then, but in that moment I felt a connection that I sometimes struggle to define in words. The funny thing is, while I was busy proclaiming myself an atheist, I I still prayed for stuff. It's, It's a weird thing, mostly for snow days in the winter really didn't want to school. <laughs> um, but importantly though, I had some problem dismissing the idea that there might be something more. I just didn't tell anyone about it. Like many other pagans, I was fascinated with mythology, and I went as far as to create a new modern pantheon of gods at one point. I created my own stories about these gods, drew images of them, and while they were very much alive in my imagination, and on some level felt real to me... I eventually moved on from them, telling myself there's no way I could create a god. Who knew I'd eventually disagree with that statement? (laughs) Things changed for me when I was in high school. I read a really new agey book. This is uh, The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. Now, I know significantly more about physics and science than when I first read that book. And I'm pretty sure if I reread it, I would end up rolling my eyes at some of the conclusions Talbot draws. I can probably throw the book across the room. But what that book first exposed me to, um, in its context, on its own, for the first time, was the bizarre behavior of subatomic particles. The idea that the very act of either a person or a machine observing something changed the universe in some way blew my mind. Uh, That's right, the Observer Effect and the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle were the triggers that finally started my personal spiritual awakening. That is. Yeah. Not long after reading that, I began to look at the world a new way. No longer was existence this concrete, structured place. The universe was no longer carved out of marble for me. Instead, the world was in flux, and it was possible for it to be changed. I began to look for answers, and I started to consider that maybe my dismissing the idea of a higher power was a mistake. It's not that much later that the final step in my awakening occurred. That that moment is so burned into my mind that I can remember not just where I was standing, but what I was looking at. I was walking home after having seen a movie, and... I was passing the corner of North 72nd Street and North Avenue in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. just uh, right outside of Milwaukee where I grew up. And I was, I was looking towards the ground when a rush of emotion and feeling hit me. The street was dead silent, no cars were around, and I felt at peace and connected to everything around me. The best way to describe it is that I understood... I scrambled to find a way to explain that mystical experience, and that's really where my journey started. I am fairly certain that at no other time has the street corner outside the Chinese Pagoda played such an important spiritual role. In my search, I still rejected wholeheartedly the idea of structured religion. I didn't like the idea of requiring an intermediary between myself and whatever higher power existed. Frankly, I'd been put off by enough preachers and the overzealous who had tried to convert me to their faith for years. It's just, it wasn't my thing. I mean, growing up as a non-Christian, I was often met by outright hostility by, by some members of that faith, and I let that color my perception of their religion as a whole at a young age. As I've gotten older, I've come to realize that Christianity, while still definitely not for me in any way, shape, or form, can beautiful spiritual faith and it's just that like anything that's part of the majority uh, (laughs) anything that's in power can be abused by somebody and it will be abused by somebody regardless and for purposes of full disclosure I had a relative who was Wiccan Um, but actually that made me push away from it a little bit more It's, uh, it's one of those things where I had followed that person in their footsteps plenty of times. And uh, I just there are a lot of life choices I had made because I had seen it as a pre-existing instruction plan on how to exist. And I was at that point in my life finally trying to tear away from that. It's uh, any point of self-discovery as a young person where you figure out that maybe the plan you're on isn't the plan you're supposed to be on so the last thing I wanted to do was just have another thing seem like I was just being another follower. Uh, Still, I eventually decided to give Wicca a look and began to do research. At no point did I ever think to ask this relative for advice, and while that may seem strange, I still believe that was the best thing I ever did, as what I came to was something that very much suited me, the version of Wicca... The version of my craft that that I ended up really pursuing is is very much something that I don't think I would have found if I was guided by anyone's hand but my own. I mean, really, what I found in Wicca was a way to describe what I had been feeling for years. It, It drew me into all of those ideas from my youth and all of those moments that I had hidden and not told anyone about. And they suddenly felt like things that I shouldn't be ashamed of. That I had put my own faces to a higher power no longer seemed like nonsense I should hide, but instead became a normal part of my spiritual existence. Some people describe uh, coming to Wicca as like it were coming home, and for me, it felt like I had never left it. I had just been walking around with my eyes closed. And and then I just started to do a ton of witchy shit. It's the, the first thing that I did was I started to study I started to read everything I could it was the 90s so you know it was the beginning of the digital age I fell deep into the ideas of uh, the techno pagan world oh my god so techno paganism is still technically a thing if anything it's more normalized than it used to be but it's the idea of embracing technology as part of your witchcraft. Most people, frankly, I think, have only heard the word techno-pagan because, I th- you know, Jenny Callender said it once on Buffy. But it was a real movement. I don't know if anyone still uses the word, but it's the idea of... incorporating The very fact of keeping a book of shadows or a grimoire on a-, a cell phone or a laptop was kind of alien to a lot of people. But the uh, techno-pagan movement embraced it my first book of shadows was on floppy disk oh it was the 90s a weird well thing it's uh and eventually I've moved my practice away from that being techno centric but it's still a large part of what I do I've moved my book of shadows to a more traditional paper version Mostly because I don't trust the batteries on portable devices. Everything's got a limited lifespan. I know too much about the tech to risk everything to it. But if that's the flavor you want to go, I say go for it. It's It's been a, a weird journey. And I know that that was a very uh, religious-centric story that I just told. But again, I'm a religious witch. I'm a Wiccan. And... The Wiccan story is not exactly the same as everybody else's. You know, there's more than one version of this tale. And for that, we're going to have to hear another voice.
1: My name is Lee Bradford. I have been a witch for about a decade.
0: Now, Lee's a friend of mine, and I asked her to come on to the show and uh, tell us about her story as 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 another kind of witch.
1: I think uh, there are a lot of people who just kind of, like, when you when you take a retrospective look at the way your interests evolve over time, a lot of people will say that they got interested in witchcraft as a child. Like they'll say, "Oh, I was, I started learning about it as a as a kid through like fairy tales and stuff," and then you get older and you um, become interested in more folklore and mythology and things like that. And I was kind of that kid, I took interest in everything, but I was, like, really hyper-focused on, like, folkloric uses of herbs and stuff, because I kind of lived out in the country. And I always wanted to know, like, well, what is the actual use of this this thing that is called arrowroot? Or what is the, um, what is the medicinal quality of, of wild mustard, which grows everywhere? So, I find a lot of those uses in books about witchcraft, but... That's not when I really decided I wanted to be a witch. I think I started learning about paganism and witchcraft a little bit closer to when I was in college. Because when I was in college, I was out kind of experimenting with my whole like life and everything. Um, and I became friends with a lot of people who had been pagan for a long time. Uh, and they taught me a whole bunch of things about the... Um, their religion, other people's religions, um, kind of like the wide variety of different beliefs that are out there, and we kind of became me and my girlfriend. We kind of became uh, what we call pagan by association, because we were not part of that. We were not part of the community, but we were friends with everybody who was in our in our area. So we uh, sort of like they did. Everybody knew we weren't pagans. But they just kind of invited us to pagan stuff because they figured we wouldn't be, like, disruptive or, or uh, weird about it. Uh, so it wasn't until I was like after, like, way after college. I want to say two or three years after college, which I suppose isn't really way after college, but a few years after, uh, we went to uh, Montana. Uh, and I was alone a lot. I had a lot of reading time. I lived in a log cabin out in the wilderness, which is abrupt. <laughs> For somebody who kind of grew up with, where there's all these people going out into the country and being able to have time alone, was, uh, gave me some time to actually do some reading and actually do some introspection and actually think about what I believe as opposed to um, pairing, pairing it up against to what other people believed. And that that was around that 2011 point where I started really thinking about it and putting myself in that in that perspective, and starting calling myself pagan instead of just kind of pagan adjacent. And uh, that's pretty much how I got here today. I didn't really. Um, it's it's always been a learning process. I'm the witch I am today is very different than the witch I was in 2011. And it's, uh, I mean, it's an always evolving kind of thing. It's a lifelong thing, but you don't realize it until you look back. That's pretty much my story. So one of
0: the funniest things is, you know, I spend a lot of time like browsing like the witch tags on Tumblr when I'm bored. Mostly when the people who I follow haven't posted enough and I (laughs) run out of Tumblr, um, So, uh, like, but what happens is every once in a while I see, like, I see some post by someone saying I found out that I was a witch or something like that. Or, like, I I found out that my family's all witches and that I'm a witch, too. And I'm I I read those and I'm just going, like, I'm not going to comment on this because I don't know what the life experience of this human being is or what actually happened. But I'm just going, like, it's not really something like you're picked for. It's like you just do it. Like, I don't want to, like, the reason I don't want to say anything is, like, I don't want to invalidate this person because I think they're valid, but I'm like, don't, like, I feel like when you put that out there that, like, I feel like when people put that out there that someone else who doesn't feel like they've been chosen or something like that will suddenly, like, be like, oh, well, I guess I'm not because this other person had this, you know, somehow wonderful experience.
1: I think that there's, like... In the discussion of hereditary witchcraft and all that kind of stuff, we do actually need to have a sit-down conversation. Yeah. Like all of us need to sit down, and we need to have the discussion about: this is one thing, this is another, and there's no reason either of them cannot work together. Like, well, yeah, I. But <laughs> also,
0: like hereditary witchcraft is always—I don't know—it like well, first off. It depends on what kind of witchcraft it is for whether or not like you tell me about hereditary stuff like that. You know, my my family's been practicing this folk magic for a long time and I was raised an eyebrow, but I'm willing to buy it. Like I believe that there are cases where that might be true. But I also know like I also have a clean memory of (laughs) uh, the early Wicca movement where everyone claimed Mm -hmm. to have an old grandmother somewhere who who passed away, who taught them secret traditions, except then they'd like crib Doreen Valiente's Charge of the Goddess. And claim it was mm-hmm. passed down to them,
1: mm-hmm. and it's,
0: I don't know, There's there's well, nothing funnier than watching like the salt from Doreen Valiente in old interviews of like <laughs> being like they say it's like passed down to them, but like I wrote that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, I think that that kind of stuff is a little bit more common in places like Appalachia, where mm-hmm. they are very secluded, and yeah. you do have a lot of folk traditions, or yeah, places right. like New Mexico there's like sanctuary and
0: things like this well it's and that's and and again like i don't want to like sound like i'm invalidating anybody's practice because even if it's not hereditary even if it is something well but also you complicate situations like it's 2018 like you literally could have like people who have Gardnerian grandparents Mm -hmm. you know definitely like it's it's entirely like we are finally at a point where the modern witchcraft movement can have people who jumped on traditions that are only mid twentieth century, and it still goes back generations. Like, and mm-hmm. so it's, but you can't like, but but it also means the generational doesn't mean that it's like some ancient tradition going back centuries.
1: Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I it know. really is. I, I I don't think there's any problem with like mo- like the like modern witchcraft co- claiming to be what yeah. it is. It completely modern. It's a it's yeah. a thing. And even outside of witchcraft, even in um in any of the um, the other major religions, I'm talking Christianity and yeah. Islam. You do have modern iterations of those. That's how you keep a tradition alive. Is by adjusting it and making it modern i think staying in the past is kind of silly honestly well
0: there's a fetishization of like things being ancient like and that's Mm -hmm. that's been that's been a part of this movement since the beginning of like you know uh, like just oh it came from millions and millions of generations ago but like it that that doesn't really make anything more authentic that just means that like if that is true it just means that someone wrote it down earlier but like like And this is like an argument that gets into like, especially like when you get like, uh, I don't want to harp on, you know, British traditional Wicca because I've met many uh, BTWs who are very nice people and who are not judgmental at all. But you always get the judgmental members in the community and they just they tend to drift to that because it seems more established in quotes. Mm-hmm. I can't do air quotes in audio. And I just, it always, like, makes me me laugh because, um, like, whenever, like, especially with any kind of gatekeeping. Like, and we've seen this happen, like, all over the place with, uh <laughs> just there's always someone trying to gatekeep someone else out of witchcraft. Like, constantly. And usually the, and I just go, what authority do do any of us have to kick anyone out? Like, we don't. It's... Like, witchcraft is such a hard thing to define in the first place. Like, <laughs> it's... Uh, like, I really struggled trying to come up with a definition for witchcraft. And I was just like, some sort of, uh, at least loosely based on folk magic or nature magic doing stuff. <laughs> like, I think that's where I came down on it. And, like, that was the best way I could describe it. Because you know it when you see it, man. Like...
1: <laughs> man. <laughs> man. <laughs> It's it's like well, you're not wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it's so hard to like to come up with with exact descriptors, but like anytime someone tries to gatekeep, I just there's this one like again, I know I, I go back to Wikisources because you know it's my nature to do that, but Doreen Valiente uh, would always counter to gatekeepers when she was alive. Well, who initiated the first witch? Mm-hmm. Like there's. It, if you go back to the beginning of anything, be it, you know, 75 years ago or hundreds of years ago or anything, like, it all started just when one person decided to go do something.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I, uh, the entire idea of gatekeeping within the witchcraft community just, it drives me nuts because... <sighs> Who who even who even are you? Like the uh there's this shop that I used to hang out at and he there was this guy that would always go about what is real witchcraft and what isn't real witchcraft. Wait, and, are
0: you talking about that guy?
1: Yeah, I'm talking okay. about that guy. You you know I'm talking about that guy. Well,
0: the listeners don't know who we're talking about, but that's okay in case I use this. <laughs>
1: they yeah, you to. know. <laughs> you know. But he would always go on about that and it's just like this and now that I I mean, once again, looking back, I realized that that was a manipul—that was a moved with uh, manipula- manipulation behind yeah. it. He was uh, trying; he that whole gatekeeping idea was trying to make himself the authority, rather than it being this nebulous idea of a thing that no one can really define. Yeah, and that's—it's always seems so insidious to me when people are putting that kind of authority on themselves like i can say that this is the real thing versus this is not the real thing because i am this person and not you it, yeah it sounds it's just silly it's stupid and it's manipulative and i hate it
0: well, it's, <laughs> it's just funny because one of the things that drew me to witchcraft was the fact that like there's no like especially what drew me to religious witchcraft with wicca is that there's no central authority like there's no one to tell you that you're wrong like, so no one's in charge. And so anytime I ever see someone trying to be the one in charge, it just chafes me the, the wrong way because I'm like, I, you,
1: no. <laughs> like, the witch pope. There is yeah. no witch pope. <laughs> Can
0: I, you imagine the hat,
1: though? Oh my God, that would be the coolest hat ever. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. I, it, I'm. Mm. Yeah. I might have to design it now, the <laughs> witch pope hat. It's gonna happen. Wait, so You'll see me at Pagan Pride Day this year. <laughs> witch pope
0: hat. <laughs> that's like so. It's I mean that's the whole like well, the crux of it for me is it's like I I'm not the authority so you don't get like none of us are the authority like i i I also get in these weird positions where if you try to push back against someone who's acting like they're an authority figure you don't want to also then you have to watch yourself to make sure you're not also then expressing that you are the authority figure because again i I, my central point to stuff that hasn't been recorded yet but will play earlier in the episode than this is that none of us get to be the authority
1: Mm -hmm. that's the point yeah it's it's a pract it's it's a practice. It's not a there's yeah. there isn't somebody. It's a practice that, and a craft.
0: There is no Lord of the Carpenters.
1: <laughs> well I mean
0: Imagine the Carpenter Pope's hat. Carpenter
1: Pope's hat? Would they play the carpenters like when he enters the room? Ooh,
0: that is a good question.
1: <laughs> I think I think they would. I think they would just you know that that's got a very chaotic energy to it. Let's. I'm gonna make a comic now. I have to make a comic about this. Damn it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, like I, it's really tough to have that conversation with a lot of people, especially because that does present yourself as an authority. Right. Because if you if you say something like oh, there is no authority on witchcraft, that makes you the... People will have it in their head that you're the authority on their not being an authority. And <laughs> right. it's not... Nec- and it's just... it. Part of it is human nature, because if you're new to something, you want to seek out uh, somebody who's knowledgeable and can, can help you. And it's like when... It kind of sets off some anxiety for a lot of people if they start this new empowering thing and there's no one to talk to about it. So... I can see why people seek that out, but I can also see, I I can see why it's so, like, like I said, it's always been manipulative to me. Right. <laughs>
0: like, it's so, like, I've gotten, like, asks on Tumblr and things like that about people talking about working with their mentor or something like that. And I just kind of get like, oh, you have a mentor. Oh. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I don't know anything about this human being. I don't know their gender. I don't know their identity. I don't know their personality. But I suddenly just got really worried about you. Like, Mm a person who is taking guidance from another person. Because, like, I'm I'm just... I I, I suddenly just get immediately concerned. Like, and it may be a perfectly innocent situation. And it may be, you know, some nice witch who is doing someone a favor and, and all this stuff. But, like... Ah... Like, I don't know, yeah. I had, like, the, 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 like, and also that I worry about the, the knowledge of some of these mentors, when one of them said, like, someone of them didn't know, like, was, was trying, like, they were a Wiccan witch, but they didn't, they, they tried to ask, they, they told me they tried to ask their mentor about Gerald Gardner, and they apparently didn't have much of an answer, and I'm, I'm, my brain's going, red yeah. flag. Red flag, red flag. It's okay for most witches not to know much about Gerald Gardner, but for a Wiccan not to know who that guy was?
1: I'm not even Wiccan, and I know who well, Gerald Gardner was. Like, right?
0: He's the <laughs> he's the creepy he's the uncle. Guy. He's the creepy uncle of modern witchcraft. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's,
0: I mean, it, the, the man was many things, but he does deserve some credit for beginning of mainstreaming witchcraft it's because one of his faults was that he was a media whore Um, Mm
1: -hmm. and well i mean that's how a lot of this does get to the mainstream is somebody says something outrageous and ends up on the news and then somebody's like well maybe that could be me well maybe i could be that crazy person on the news the
0: the grand irony of, of gerald gardner is that he was both obsessed with secrecy and with telling everybody about what he was doing (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: it sounds about right. It's hilarious. (laughs) Music in this episode was mostly written by me. Uh, Some of it was a uh, random piece I pulled out of my uh, stock music library, but uh, the rest. I want to thank my guest, Lee Bradford, for joining me on the show today. Remember, you can subscribe to the show by going to bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com and clicking on the links you do. The RSS feed should work in iTunes or any other thing in the jigger. And uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N, but you're more likely to find me on Tumblr at traegorn.tumblr.com. You can support this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-E-G-O-R-N. And uh, with that, we're going to sign off. Or something. I don't know. Words. They happen, man. I, I still need to pump something clever to end the show with. I've never, you know, the problem is when you're a solitary practitioner, like... He, as, as a Wiccan is that you see all of these words written down and then you don't realize how ridiculous you are when you try to say them out loud and you're not sure what the exact pronunciation is. Um,
1: <laughs> I've tried to pronounce the word Luznach in front of people and they're like, what?
0: <laughs> I've been going with Lunasad. I, I llamas. Well, well, Llamas <laughs> is the other one. That's that's the cheat. That's the cheat. If you say Llamas. They know,
1: which... Everyone knows what a llama is. You can pretend it's yeah. just Llama.
0: <laughs> well because because llamas is the is like because technically like Lunasad or whatever and Lamas are technically like from two different cultural holidays from different like parts of the same region of europe that they happen just happen about to be the at the same time yeah. and so like the the that's that's the secret is just for, you say llamas